1: This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello, and
0: welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here, along with the cousins, Derek and Tyler be sure to follow us on Twitter, at HouseCookHouseCast, for all podcast updates and more. Tonight is going to be our offensive preview episode. Uh, we're just a couple wait- weeks out from fall kickoff. Uh, next week's going to be our defensive preview. So, in this episode here, we're going to take a look at all the key returners, key losses, newcomers, and talk about each position group. So, uh, let's go ahead and start it off. I'm going to start it off by the quarterbacks. Uh Key losses, Noah Vedrill. He's no longer on the roster. He is now at Ruggers. Uh, that's something to keep an eye on there. Key returners, obviously, Adrian Martinez. Uh, you know He's projected to be a starter. We also bring back Luke McCaffrey, another stud. Uh, key newcomers, well, Logan Smothers. He's now on the roster, so it'll be really interesting to see how he is used here. Uh, so, guys, we can all agree that Adrian Martinez is going to be the starter, right? Uh, What do you guys think uh, about the news coming out of fall camp with uh, Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez sharing reps at one? Tyler?
1: You know, I I think, well, everyone wanted to see Luke McCaffrey get some more reps at one. I think they wanted to see a quarterback competition. I think the coaches have talked a lot about um, how Adrian may not have been pushed as much last year, so I think it's good. Now, do I read into anything that, you know, Adrian's job is on the line? I don't see that. I think the coaches have been pretty open without maybe flat out saying it. And maybe some degree flat out saying it, that Adrian is the starter. Um, but I think it's good that Luke McCaffrey is getting snapped with the first team. I think if Adrian goes down or struggles mightily, um, Luke needs to be ready.
0: Derek, do you think fans are overreacting to the fact that Luke McCaffrey is sharing uh, some reps with the number ones.
2: I know I I don't think so, but here's my reaction to it. This just proves what I anticipated from the get go is Scott Frost is going to find a way to get both these quarterbacks in. He's not going to let Luke McCaffrey just sit there on the bench. He's not going to just sit there and wait for Adrian Martinez to get hurt. Like I think they're gonna play both quarterbacks. And it may be a situation where they have both of them on the field, and it may be a situation where he just wants to put Luke, Luke, Luke McCaffrey in for a series or two. I but I do believe he's gonna play Luke McCaffrey this year. And I think he even pretty much alluded to that and on Sports Nightly tonight.
1: Right. All right, so go ahead. So wait, real quick. So Derek, so for the people at home that didn't listen, can you provide a little context of what Frost said about Luke McCaffrey?
2: well, I obviously, I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember his exact words, but he said that they've both been have have had really good summers and good falls, and he can't wait to watch both of them play this fall
1: yeah and, and i I'm with you, Derek. I think that he will find a way to get Luke McCaffrey on the field. I think that I am a big Luke McCaffrey fan. I got mocked on this podcast two years ago when I said I could see Luke McCaffrey taking the starting job someday. I backed off that stance, and all of a sudden, that stance was right. Um, but I, I, I don't know if I agree with you. I don't know. I don't know if Frost is going to put Luke McCaffrey in for full series in the game. I don't. I can't imagine Adrian Martinez sitting out fifteen plays in a game. I just – I don't know if I could see that. Um, now, maybe two on the field, maybe the occasional play or a couple plays here and there at quarterback. Um, I could see that because he is such a dynamic athlete, putting him at wide receiver, um, doing some cool motions. But I just don't know if I see that much oh, involvement. Well,
2: I, again, I think maybe you're overreacting to what I'm saying. I'm not claiming there are going to be 50-50 quarterbacks by any stretch of the imagination. But I just take maybe a series. Like – I don't think, I mean, if it's one series, I don't think it's going to be 15 plays. You're looking at seven, eight plays.
0: Huh. All right. This is what I want to know, guys. Is 2020 setting up for a big con- uh, quarterback controversy? Is a quarterback controversy brewing here? Now, if you take a look at the schedule, the first four games that Nebraska faces at Ohio State, Wisconsin, at Northwestern, and Penn State. These four teams right here, they had very good defenses last year. In 2019, Ohio State, number one total defense. Wisconsin, number six total defense. Northwestern, number 26 defense. And Penn State, 33 defense. By all accounts, they are still going to have great defenses in 2020. So, as Adrian Martinez takes the field for Nebraska this year, and if we happen to struggle whatsoever against those four teams, uh, just based off the way the schedule is, headed into week five, can you see a way that there could be a quarterback controversy if Nebraska is not producing offensively like what the fans think we should be in year three? Tyler?
1: I, I do. Um, and, and, and I don't know if it's fair to Adrian, but let, let's just put a scenario out there. You say four games, and I agree with that four-game premise, but let's just say two games. I mean a lot of people have us projected to lose against Ohio State and Wisconsin. Those are arguably the two best defenses we play. So you go Owen 2 and let's just say Adrian Martinez has two average games at that point. Not bad games. He's not he's not, you know, throwing four interceptions, but he's completing 55-60% of his passes, you know, maybe maybe a one to one or two to one turnover to intercep- uh TD to turnover ratio, not lighting up. I mean, you have a lot of bases of people out there that already think Luke McCaffrey should be competing or taking this job. I think the fans are going to get vocal. And, and again, to your point, Justin, these are the four best defenses we'll face all year. Unfair to Adrian that he's going to be judged so early on the season. It, it is really important, probably for his confidence and the team that he comes out really hot.
0: Derek, what do you think?
2: I, I disagree. I don't think there's going to be any controversy because, Tyler, you you know, this. It's, it's the old adage. The backup quarterback's everybody's favorite quarterback when it comes to a struggling team. That's always the situation. So the fans can talk all they want. I don't think there'll be a controversy because I think most people will understand that we did face the four toughest defenses out there. And, and remember, we did face Wisconsin last year, and we had almost 500 yards on these guys. <laughs> With one of the best defenses that they've had.
0: I, I do want to add here, uh, last year, Iowa was number 12 in total defense, and Minnesota was ninth in total defense. So those defenses were a lot better than Northwestern and Penn State. Be that as it may, still, four tough defenses right out the gate. I mean... Well,
2: absolutely, but again... You just named Iowa and Minnesota in there. Well, now all of a sudden, that six out of the eight teams you're playing have great defenses. So almost everybody we're playing has a great defense. That's Big Ten football. You're just gonna have to you're gonna have to get past it. Like I I think our offense is gonna be way better this year anyway. But
0: well, I mean that, that's fine. I mean we're all expecting it. But if if it comes to a point where you know by game three or four, if our offense is still struggling like uh, what it did last year. If, if if you could never get out of second gear, is it time to look at maybe somebody else to look at the reins? I mean, those first two games, it's, it's a stretch to think that we could win both of those games. Maybe we can knock off Wisconsin, but I don't think anybody's saying, yep, Wisconsin's a, an easy win. Chances are, we're gonna struggle as a team against those two. But you head into uh Northwestern and Penn State and that offensive is still struggling. I think
2: again again, it's all I think it's gonna come down to a lot of where is the offensive struggling? You know, I know I know Justin, you were you were one of them that always loves to just uh hammer adrian martinez for the offense last year but there was a lot of fingers to point because the offensive line did him no favors last year so i mean if the offensive line doesn't improve i'm gonna stay in the same boat i'm in now and not blaming adrian martinez fully i mean i'm not saying adrian martinez deserves no blame because he does but if the offensive line doesn't block better for him or the tight ends don't block better for him or wide receivers can't get open for him uh I, I I struggle to see a quarterback controversy if if you can't really blame the quarterback for all the problems.
1: It's an unfair world. And, Justin, I know you talked about last year, and I'm talking about this year. I think Northwestern is going to have a very good defense, I think better than Iowa and Minnesota. But I it's agreed. an unfair world. It's a, it's a very unfair world. And it's something that Adrian Martinez is going to have to be mentally strong because, again, Derek, you're right. The backup quarterback's everyone's favorite player. And... <laughs> Again, if you're looking at zero and two, a one and three start, which is very possible, unfair to Adrian. He could be playing okay football. Just the margin of error against those teams are so small. There's no guarantee Luke McCaffrey would be doing any better, but he's not out there looking like a chump. And if Adrian's kind of like, "Hey, this guy hasn't done anything," I, I, I well, wonder. I mean, again, according you know, to if what Frost says, we're going like, to see
2: both quarterbacks.
0: Well, that, that's that's what brings it up. Is, is there a quarterback? Could there be a quarterback controversy brewing?
2: Oh, sure. Now, there, now there could be if Adrian Martinez looks like he's struggling, and, and Luke McCaffrey comes in and he starts moving the offense better. It would have. I mean, then sure, you could have a controversy. But I think it would take that scenario, and I think it would have to look a lot better under McCaffrey than it does Adrian Martinez.
0: Yeah, I mean, right now I think. Adrian Martinez. I mean, he's he's in this scenario. He's he's a junior. He's been the man for two straight years. Headed into into fall camp, it's his job to lose. I just don't think that he could spare any, you know, below average games right now. The schedule is not going to get any easier. His junior year and in his senior year. So he has to show improvement because if he's not the guy with the highest ceiling, well, then it's time for him just to get out of the way and move to somebody else with maybe a higher ceiling. Whether that's Luke McCaffrey or Logan Smothers, uh, this is Adrian Martinez's time to really step up. He has to show it. There, I don't think he can afford just to be okay. Just okay is not okay in year three under Frost. That's that's my whole thing right here, I mean it, it's 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 time for him to step up. He can't he can't be uh, right in the sophomore slump like he had last year.
1: Yeah, and 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 again, you might be right, and I just it, it's just it's so hard like to pin that on him because you know what, like no one's going to be talking about. Hey, Diedrich Mills only averaged seventy yards a game rushing. Bench him, you know. Uh, Omar Manning only had. Four catches, bench hit. Like it, it, and I get it. It's the world of the quarterback. If you want to be the quarterback, you got to take the pressure, no yep. matter what. But it, it's just it's unfair against these really tough opponents, where not only are their defenses great, but in the case of like an Ohio State and you know Penn State, I mean, you're going to have to keep up with their offense, yep. which is going to mean uh, Scott Frost and them may have to get out of their normal game plan a little bit. To try to do some things, press it a little bit harder. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's going to be tough. Um, but again, I think Adrian, I, I think this is a hypothetical that is very realistic that could happen. But there's also a side of me that believes that Adrian could be on the trajectory of a Taylor Martinez, where he had a really good freshman year, sophomore campaign didn't live up to the hype. Um, You know, not a bad sophomore campaign, but not one that lived up to the hype, not a Tanner Lee season. Um, But then the junior year just exploded. And I really think that could be Adrian Martinez this year. I think he is one of the three best quarterbacks in the Big Ten. I think maybe top four, but yeah, he he is a really good quarterback. And I think, you know, maybe maybe not the first games, maybe he's not going to light the world on fire. But I really hope he gets a chance to see the season through because I think he could put us in a position to have a strong back half. My other thing with that scenario, I just want to hit this, is if you flip to Luke McCaffrey, my fear is a game like Iowa, a game like Minnesota, games that I think we can win today, do you, all, do you all of a sudden lose those games that were, I think, winnable under Adrian Martinez and they become slight losses under Luke McCaffrey? And everyone's like, well, you're playing a new quarterback. What do you expect? I mean, I just – I really don't – I want to see Adrian – unless he really, really struggles um, worse than last year, I want to see him see the season through if he's healthy.
0: Final thoughts there, Derek? Uh,
1: you know, really, d- just to go back to Adrian Martinez, my
2: only complaint on him last year really was his indecisiveness to run the ball. He There were times that he had open field and he should have ran the ball. And, and Luke McCaffrey, I will, I will give him that. And this is the part where he could give him a little bit of a controversy is Luke McCaffrey, when he, when he was in his few games, was very decisive on running the ball. But that's all they did with him, too. Like, he didn't throw the ball much.
1: No, and and, and again, we'll never know how much the injury played with Adrian. I mean, I... I no, I,
2: we won't. I mean, he was wearing a knee brace. I don't know that he was ever comfortable running the ball. And, I mean, I it may be a Taylor Martinez situation, Tyler. You remember his freshman year, he was running all over everybody until he played, I think it was Missouri, and got hurt. And really, he never quite ran like that again, especially through his sophomore year. Yeah,
1: I, I just I, I think that with to Adrian, he led the team in carries last year. The coaches cannot they should not do that again. He is not a running back. I mean, you he, he's a good runner. He's a really good runner. He is not Taylor Martinez. He's not Luke McCaffrey run the ball. Um, he, he should not be leading your team in rushing. They need it spread it out more. That will hopefully keep him healthy, allow him uh, to be more decisive when he does carry the ball.
2: Let's not forget that we had four games with a former running back that we thought was going to be the bell cow who ended up getting kicked off the team
1: after a few games. Right. Well, don't forget we had two games. Adrian Martinez didn't play
0: a hey, uh, Derek. Bear. Does Logan Smother see the field this year? Man, that's a tough question,
2: guys. Uh, it's a good year for him to see the field, but unless it's a blowout one way or the other, I, I don't see him getting on the field, no.
1: Tyler? I don't think even in blowouts. I mean, shy of an injury, Luke McCaffrey needs to get snaps at quarterback. And, you know, if something happens and all of a sudden Nebraska becomes a 95 Huskers and we blow out everyone, sure, get Logan Smothers in the game. But if you take out injuries for Adrian, there might only be one or two um, games this season. Probably only, I, I don't know if there will be a game that we're going to have a big enough lead or big enough deficit that it makes sense to put someone in there just for scrub time. So if there is any of that instance, I want to see Luke McCaffrey take those snaps. Well,
2: in, in, in that scenario, I think you would see Luke McCaffrey take uh, take snaps for a while and then maybe just for the last series put put him in.
0: Yeah, bring if, if we can get three deep in the quarterback. But, but again, I mean that's But again,
2: you better have like a 4 or 5 touchdown lead in order to get him in.
0: Just outside of injury, did we ever go three quarterbacks
1: last year? Outside of injury? I mean, I mean, did we go did we go three quarterbacks against Iowa? But
2: No, I don't think Federal ever saw the field.
0: I uh, okay, well, I figured you guys would know that off the top of your head. All right, let's move on to running backs. Derek, introduce the uh, running backs.
2: All right, so uh, really the key returner we have coming back is Dedrick Mills, as we all know. Uh, we've talked a little bit about him already. Uh, the key, the only key loss, is uh, I kind of alluded, alluded to it a little earlier, was uh, Maurice Washington, uh, although we did lose him midseason last year, but I still consider it a key loss. Because it's an it's an athlete you hated to lose, uh, and then newcomers you got four star Sevian Morrison coming in, and uh, Marvin Marvin Scott coming in, uh, bo- both good recruits. Uh, I mean we got Ramirez Johnson still sitting in the wait too. So, uh, I I I don't know what to take out of these running backs yet.
0: Uh, I can't wait to see them, though. Tanner, who do you think is going to be the number two running back?
1: I'm going to go with Ramir Johnson. Um, You know, I I think, you know, Ronald Tompkins, you know, talk about sports night tonight. Scott Frost alluded to that he's competing for that two or three spot. Um, You know, it it does seem like that. I could see a scenario later in the season where someone, a Savion Morrison can kind of get into the bray a little bit. But I, I think right now it is Ramir Johnson's job. I think, the, the compliment that he is to Diedrich Mill and being the speedy slasher back is a really good compliment to him, and so I think he'll ultimately take that spot.
0: Derek, do you agree that Ramirez Johnson's number two?
2: 100%. Sure. I, I I just can't see anybody else taking a spot at this point. Uh, I mean, I, I Scott Frost had wonderful things to say about Ronald Tompkins. Right. Uh, and, and, I, and I hope that I, we've talked about it before. I hope so much for that kid. But his knees just worry me so much. And I just wonder if he, if he can hold up to Big Ten football with bad knees.
1: Derek, well, go ahead. I was going to say, the thing with Ronald Tompkins is this. Like, I, I agree with you, Derek, The injury history is scary. It's frightening. But what are you asking of him? Are you asking him to be a 20-carry game guy? Hell no. Are you asking him to be a 10-carry game guy? No. Is, is he a 6 could he come in and take?
2: If if you're my number two guy, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting you to carry more than five, six times.
1: Well, but but I guess yeah. I mean, fair enough. I guess if you're if he's number two, if he's number three, and he's coming in. Hey, uh, we need we need a little bit more power than Ramir Johnson offers, and Dedrick Mills. You know, maybe maybe need a little bit more speed, kind of that in between guy. Get him in a series or two. Positional football. I I again. I liked this kid coming out of high school. I really did. I liked him more than I liked Ramirez. Injuries kind of have derailed him. You have to be determined if he re- how recovered he is, but I, I, I'm I, not ruling his career dead because of his knees yet.
0: Derek, I don't know if I should ask this question based off of your answers here, but, uh, you know, Diedrich Mills is the number one, and then you have that battle for Ramirez Johnson and uh, Ronald Tompkins at number two. And then you got the studs, uh, Savion, uh, you, uh You got Scott and Morrison coming in. So, is there any chance of a running back by committee this year?
2: I, I don't agree. I don't think so. No. no. Okay. Uh, I, I think it's going to be Dedrick Mills mostly. I think you'll see a lot of Ramirez Johnson. Not not a ton. And then you're going to see a third guy. I, I, and it may be it may be Scott or Morrison it could be Ronald Tompkins. I I don't know who the third guy will be, but I I don't anticipate it being and uh you know like like Tyler, said, I don't I don't see any of these
1: guys getting five carries a okay. game.
0: So Tyler, no running back com- by committee by for you.
1: No, I mean I think you might shy of an injury of Diedrich Mills. If that happens in a committee, I I I think that the the gap you know I could see Mills t- for the running back position taking 65-75% of the carries. And then if you want to say that the next two guys in the scenario that three are in there split the other two pretty evenly, I could buy that. But I do think it'll be a little bit more in the Ramir Johnson camp. Um, but no, I mean, you, you know, I think where you could see a little bit of committee is, you know, do the coaches bring in another running back on third down that could increase their snap count. But I, I think you're going to see a lot of Diedrich Mills this fall and, you know, and, I, uh, yeah. I don't.
2: I don't think so, though, Tyler. Because it seems like Dedrick Mills is like the perfect third down br- running back already. Anyway, he's a bruiser. Like, well, third, I mean, that third guy, and short.
1: That, I guess if it's third and well, long, sure. do you,
2: do you want him in? Okay, but if it's third and long, I'm hoping we're not really running the ball.
1: Scott Frost ran the ball a lot on third and long last year, but but I guess I, I was more thinking about it. third and seven. You want a guy that can get out of the backfield and get a dump off potentially. And and that
2: part I agree with. And and, and look, Diedrich Mills, uh, he's an awesome guy to watch play football. He's an old school foot, uh, running back to me, who just you, know, you get him between the tackles, and he just he hits people. He doesn't get hit; he hits people. Yeah. But he's not great at catching the ball. <clears throat> like, he's not ter- he's not terrible at it. I'm not I'm not trying to crap on it. Like, I'm not saying he's terrible at it. But he's, he's not your first option to throw the ball to. Well,
1: it's, it's not that him catching the ball is the problem, Derek. It, I think he's got good hands. He actually he's, just good not, he's not
2: great in the open space, Well, though. he's not I quick mean, enough
1: to do anything. So, I mean, you're basically hoping if you get him the ball, because I think he's a good route runner, he has good hands, but but you're really hoping is you're either going to throw it to him at the chains or he's going to bulldoze someone, and it's kind of hard to do that if your face isn't looking at him. So, And I don't think you want to run a lot of swing passes with him because swing passes take too long to develop as is, so you want a guy that can get out there a little bit faster. Regardless of which, that that's kind of where I think you could see the snap count for another running back kind of bump up.
0: Do you think these guys will eat any chance, eat any snaps possible for Wandale Robinson at running back, the guys that we have? I mean, is Wandale yeah. done at I, running I, back?
2: I think, I think it will happen. No, I think you'll still see him. I think they'll come up with some packages to throw him in there. I don't, I don't think it'll be very often. I, I mean, it's not going to be every game. But, but I think, yeah, I think you'll see him handful back of snaps back each again. game will nope.
0: line up, whether yeah, he gets the ball know, or not. Just, just something for the defense yeah. to think about, right?
2: Absolutely. So t- he's, too much of, he's too much of a dynamic player not to put him all over the field.
0: So, Tyler, I want to ask you something. You've been really critical about the running backs, and you've kind of labeled them as the weakest position group on offense. Do you still believe that, and why?
1: I, I do. I think they're the because not just on offense, the whole team. Oh, really? The uh, whole team. The whole team. Um so so the reason is 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 there isn't a lot that gets me excited about this position group right now. And and again, maybe I'm wrong, but I think Diedrich Mills is a good back. Where where I see Diedrich Mills for the Husker fans out there is I think he's a slightly worse Divine as I think that's what you're gonna expect of him. Now he'll be <laughs> running behind he'll be running behind a better offensive line than Devine ever did. So his stats may not reflect it, but I just think he's a little bit worse Divine. Ramir Johnson, I think, is a fine back, but I think he is a little bit worse, or a, a worse Terrell Newby. So that, that's what I think we have back there. And so it doesn't mean Terrell Newby was a terrible back. Uh, it doesn't mean Divine Zigbo was a terrible back. Th- those are two pretty effective backs. But I think that's what you're kind of anticipating. Oh. I think that's like the ceiling for Me and these guys, um, like, and that's where I my concern was is
2: kind of a terrible back. That's a terrible
1: analysis, okay. Well, then that's what I think. I, I just, Sevion Morrison might be the fastest back on the roster. Him and Ramirez are going to compete for. It. I would love to see what he develops. It sounds like he's lacking in his knowledge at this point. Um, you know, Ron on top because I think had some good upside. I, it, it doesn't mean these guys are bums, it doesn't mean they're going to be a, a non effective group. I think with this offensive line, which we'll talk about more, that they're gonna get holes. They're gonna get opportunities, but I just think they're they're I don't they're not an, I don't see any of you guys an all American. I, I don't see any of these guys really first team, well, second team, all big Ten. I don't
0: think we have a guy on our roster that's an all American, but I think that's a disservice to saying Dedrick Mills is a slightly less than a Zigbo. I mean what Dedrick Mills did as a junior was was awesome, and we have higher expectations. I think the ceiling's even higher for him as a senior. Zigbo didn't come out of onto his own until he was a senior. So we already get to see a game-ready Dedrick Mills head-on out there. So, I, I mean, I think Dedrick Mills, I think he's... I mean, he could easily be a 1,200-yard guy. Well, I'm sorry. 1,000-yard guy in this abbreviated uh, season. 1,000 yards.
1: I mean, d- d- divine Zigbo... I mean, his senior year averaged seven yards a carry. I I don't think, I don't think Dedrick Mills is going to average seven yards a carry. That's fine. Like I, I,
0: I think he's still a thousand yard back even in nine games.
1: Twelve games, Divine Ziggler played and had seven yards a carry, barely hit a thousand yards.
0: I'm calling it, man. I'm calling it. Dedrick Mills will have a thousand yards.
1: He's. it. I I think I, I think that number's closer to 800.
0: Derek, chime in here.
2: I'll agree with Tyler. With the price it's probably going to be closer to 800, but it's only nine games. Like I, you don't think he's going to
0: average at least 100 yards each game? If he if he's if, Even he's if not... he
2: averages 100 yards, it's only 900 yards.
0: Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm higher I, I, on. It's, the it's
2: probably in be, it's probably in between there. And, and to be honest with you, I, I, Tyler, I don't know why you're shitting on Ramirez Johnson so hard. Like I think this guy's good. I again, I have one game to judge him off of, and I thought he looked really good against Maryland. I and he I did. know their defense was shitty. I but I thought he looked really good. And now you're getting a little bit of weight on him. You're getting him to know the offense a little bit better. You're getting a little technique going with him. Like, I, I, I see big things for Ramirez Johnson. I think this guy can really break things wide open for us. I and mean, I think he, he is an awesome – th- th- this is the uh, Derek Brown, Calvin Jones days when you had the bruiser and the speedster. and that, That's what these two bring. That's
1: what these two bring to the table. I'm not saying they're going to be as good as those two, obviously. Derek's going back
0: 30-plus gonna... years for an analogy right here.
1: <laughs> I mean, there, a, a more recent one is Dan Alexander-Krell-Balkalter – um, but more than
0: twenty years, fuck. Jesus, guys.
1: <laughs> I, 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 here's my thing. Ramir Johnson last year, okay. Mo Washington early in the year became a flag, okay. Dedrick Mills kind of took over that starting role. You know, he kind of was that guy. After him, they put Wandell Robinson back there, a wide receiver. So that tells me. Exactly. He played
2: running back all through high school. I mean, fair enough. It's, it, not li- it's not like it's not the guy was more new to being a wide receiver than he was running back,
1: but he uh, fair enough. Fair point. Fair point. And, he, and he's dynamic and he's as good a athlete as we have. I just think last year he had opportunities that he could have got more playing time, and there's a reason why he didn't. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being harsh on him. This doesn't mean I think this is a bad unit. I think, again, you guys think Darrell Newby was a bad back. Um, I don't think he was. I think Devine Zigbo was a really good running back his senior year. I, again, I don't think I'd be in critical, but I think that for me, when I'm looking at this team, which I think has a lot of good units, this is one that th- there, there isn't, I'll put it this way, and we're about to hit the wide receiver, so it's a good segue. There isn't an Omar Manning back there where a guy who I'm not sure if he's going to be great, but man, it wouldn't shock me if he's an All-American. We don't have that guy at running back.
0: Well, Tyler, you're going to introduce the uh, wide receivers. Take it away.
1: So, um, retur- well. Key losses: uh, J.D. Spielman, obviously the biggest loss, the leading wide receiver, um, one of the greatest wide receivers in Nebraska history, statistically, and uh, Kenawai Noah, um, the transfer from Cal last year, kind of underdelivered. We are returning uh, sophomore Wandell Robinson, who we've already talked about, and junior walk on Cade Warner. Um, you know, you look at some of the new guys coming in Xavier Betts, who is the number 20 high school recruit, uh, Lante Brown, who is the number high school prep player, Marcus Fleming, high recruit, 4 4 guy, Omar Manning, who is Jesus in Lincoln right now, and uh, another guy who's a walk on, um, grad transfer, Levi Falk. Um, from South Dakota, um, guy had put up over 700 yards at South Dakota. Could contribute, and you also look at guys like Chris Hickman, Jamie Nansen, and Der- Marion Houston that could be in the fold this fall.
0: All right, so Tyler, with all that being said, what is your starting wide receiver uh, depth chart? What does your starting lineup look like?
1: I, I think it's going to be Wandell, Cade Warner, and Omar Manning. Um, I I know Omar you know he's been banged up he's missed some time in fall camp uh for personal issues I, like i'm like 85 percent and on the hype on him like i think that he is going to be our second best wide receiver um i'm not all the way there i'm not all the way on him yet that some people are but i think he is going to be a factor i think he'll be on the field starting early and that's who i got
0: derek who do you have
1: uh, I'll agree with with uh, with the
2: starters that Tyler has. Uh, I, my 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 notes are still out on Omar Manning. I this I, I was high on Omar Manning coming in to the last week or so, but hearing him hearing that he's missing out for injuries and personal reasons, I, I'm a little skeptical on the guy. I, and it doesn't mean that in the future I don't think he could be a great player because I still think he can be, but. And and even if he's, but it, but if he starts right now, I don't I don't know if he's going to be a big factor yet. Like I can see him being a starter and being on the field, but I just don't know with his lack of practice how great he's going to be against a defense like Ohio State.
0: So, if he doesn't start, who who's going to be the starter then? I mean, is it Chris Hickman?
2: No, no, I I am saying he's probably going to be you a starter. You still think he's going to be okay. I don't think, Yeah, I think he'll be a starter cuz I I don't know if we have anybody else. I mean, I, we have such a great, talented group here, but he's the only guy I could see starting as young as all the rest of them are. Yeah.
0: I, You know, I think there's a couple of guys in there that could be in play for there if, uh, you know, the obvious three, you know, uh, the obvious three being uh, Omar Manning, Wandale Robinson, uh, and uh, Cade Warner. I think there's another two in there that could be, in the mix there and Chris Hickman and Alani Brown. Now I'm really high on Alani Brown. I, I think that dude, I think he's going to be, uh, and we'll get into this here, but I think he's going to be one of the top three, uh, wide receivers in receiving yards by season end. I think his ceiling is very high. He's been in the program for a while. He hasn't battled the injuries like, you know, like Omar Manning has, uh, in recent days. So it's, it's,
2: th- th- the only problem with that is I, he's more of an inside guy, so he's probably going to be playing behind Wandell. Like I think he'll get plenty of playing time. It's just going to be behind Wondell, I think. Yeah. Uh, my 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 thing is w- what's going to happen with Cade Warner, and is can somebody can somebody step up and knock him out of his starting position? I guess. So because cause I cause I mean we have like Xavier bets and we have. DeMarion, Houston every Betts is a late Nance. addition
0: though I mean he, he didn't arrive to campus True. till late but he's a
2: bigger body he's fast
0: I mean you look at some of the wide receivers that we've recruited since Frost has been here uh, the chances that these guys are going to show up on campus and contribute it it just doesn't happen in most cases one Dale Robinson is an exception uh, is there is there another guy? I'm,
1: there is another guy, but there wasn't a recruiting class like this last one. I mean, this last class. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you don't I mean, you got hold, Marcus.
0: Marcus Fleming was a great get. Still, oh like,
1: my god! I mean, this, this and that's what's exciting about this wide receiver group. But they'll be
0: great down the line. But for twenty twenty, I mean, do you see these guys as major contributors? I, I just don't. Yes. I really I, okay. I,
1: I think this is. I think this is a year. You know, last year we mocked Troy Walters because he said, "Oh, we got eight deep." This is a year that we're eight deep. I, I really believe that. And, and again, that might hurt some of these guys' stats. And we're going to talk about that where we see it going. I, I don't know what happens there. But Derek, you have been, I've been skeptical of that they're going to play Wondell Robinson at running back. I think that, that we need him so much at wide receiver. I'm telling you, I'm starting to change my tune there. Because I am really starting to buy the hype at this wide receiver group. Because the reason why I didn't think that was possible is because I didn't know if we had enough guys that could come in. And and if you're eight deep at wide receiver, that I think we are, I mean, I think we are eight deep, that now, even though is the best wide receiver, now, even though he is the most experienced, the most dynamic, you have flexibility with what you do with him. Because I think that position is so deep. And the margin between the number two guy, who I think is Omar Manning, and the number... Six guy who I think is Xavier Betts. I don't think that's really noticeable.
0: So I right. I would agree with you guys in any other year outside of a COVID year like what we have here. It's it is a non traditional year for practicing and training and all the likes right there.
1: But you can play them. You can play them. There, You're no, right. You not...
0: can play them, but should you play them? I mean, it, I guess I guess what it comes down to. Are you playing this year as a throwaway year just to get guys experience? I, I, think, I think you have to win. I don't think this is a throwaway year by no means just to get guys experience.
1: And but Again, I don't think Damarian Houston, a Jamie Nance, a uh, Levi uh, Thalk is that much different than a Cade Warner. Like I, I, just, I think the talent is... I don't know if we have a lot of elite guys at this wide receiver group. I just think outside of Wanda Robinson... And maybe Omar Manning is in, oh, in Wando's. I think three through nine, or it is it is tight. And so there is a lot of flexibility there.
2: Okay, I, I have one question for, for you guys here. So we've talked about quarterbacks. We've talked about uh, wide receivers a little bit now. Uh, Tyler, you're talking about uh, seven, eight, nine guys being able to play wide receiver, which, I mean, Travis Fisher has come out and said himself, right? And now, Bo, uh, Barrett Rude just came out yesterday, I believe it was, talking about how great these quarterbacks are looking. So here is my question to you guys: it's the, it's the old adage. Does the offense really look that much better, or are we still really concerned about this defense? If the if this offense is is like tearing them up.
0: Personally, I'm concerned about the defense. I mean, that's that's been my take all off season. I mean, I think the defense is where if we have any concerns. Whatsoever on the team, it's going to be on the defensive side of the ball, outside of the secondary. I think secondary is tight, but uh, defensive line and linebackers is where I've had concerns. But yeah, that's a fair point, Derek. I mean, well, you know, what gives right there? You know,
1: I don't know. I, I think this is going to be our best offensive unit that we have had uh, since the early parts of the decade, since probably two thousand and twelve. So. Well,
2: I mean, it's not like they were a bad offense last year. I know everybody wants to say they were such a terrible offense last year. The biggest thing with this offense last year wasn't moving the ball. It was capitalizing when you get in the damn red zone. A lot, a lot of it was, on, it, it was. It was situational football. A lot of it was special teams. Special teams killed us. Uh, you know, we'd get to the red zone, and if we couldn't capitalize, we'd have to go for it on fourth down because we couldn't rely on a damn kicker. Now we got a kicker that looks like a linebacker, so I'm pretty sure – if anything, he'd at least hit somebody.
0: So, Derek, who are your top three wide receivers for receiving yards in 2020? If you had to predict.
2: Oh man, that is tough. Uh, one and two has to be probably Omar Manning and Wandell Robinson. Uh, I think those are the the givens. The third ones where I where I'm just struggling with. Uh, I, I just not like your Alane Brown. Like I think that's a good take. Uh, I, but I think a I, I player, I play, some of these players like Jamie Nance and Demarion Houston, have to start stepping up. Like you've had almost a year and a half in this system now, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll throw Jamie Nance out there. Like there was big hype on him last year, and I don't think he's just gone away. So I'll throw I'll throw Jamie Nance out
1: there. Tyler, I'm going to stick with my starters. Um, I'm going to still put Cade Warner, but Justin, I think that uh, Lante Brown. Um, I really, yeah, you know, I drawed it down, and I think Omar Manning, Cade Warner, and Alani Brown will all be within a hundred yards of each other.
0: That's very interesting because you haven't been uh, speaking too glowing about what Cade Warner's uh, offensive production's been in recent years. You know, he's a one two hundred yard guy. You know, so that's I mean he has a
1: bit, but. Health has been an issue. He, he is now an upperclassman. Um, I, I, I think he's a fine player. I, I Again, I, you know, do the, I think he's The thing he's about
2: gonna... Cade Warner, the thing about Cade Warner, and I love Cade Warner too, the thing about Cade Warner is the main reason he's on the field is because of his blocking skills.
0: And his knowledge of the system.
2: Like he's not on the field to catch the ball most of the time. He's on the field because of his blocking skills.
0: Blocking and knowledge of the system. I mean, he, he knows what Frost is running. Knows every play. I mean, he's he's a very but, but intelligent again, dude.
1: But but again, Absolutely. but but like the, these guys, uh, yeah. Cade Warner in his career has, has 196 yards. Like it seems like he has produced a lot more. He hasn't. I I, I could see Omar, Manny, Cade Warner, Lante Brown, Chris Hickman. I don't think will be far away. I could see all those guys in the 300 yard, 400 yard range. Um, I, I just think that the difference this year from last year is last year you look at the receiving yards. It was dominated by J.D. Spielman and, to some degree, um, uh, Wandale Robinson. I think this year you're going to see Wandale Robinson get his yards. And then I think you're going to see a lot of guys over that 200-yard mark where last year you didn't have that. Uh, and so I think when you look at this team—I'm pulling up my notes here, how many guys, unless someone else has it handy. But— um how many guys had over two hundred yards receiving from the receiver position. I think it was just Wandale and J D. Yeah. I think you're gonna see I think you're gonna well, see five, six. Kevin guys. By Noah.
0: He had two forty five.
1: Got, it. Got it. so so I think you had three wide receivers. I think this year you're gonna see six guys potentially with over two hundred yards receiving.
0: Okay. All right. Well let's move on to th-
2: that, that that's that's funny. hold on. That's that's funny to me that you think that we can have that many guys with that much receiving. You must be think we're gonna pass the ball a shit ton this year. Because you just mocked Justin for thinking that, uh, Dedrick Mills could get 1,000 yards in nine games. And you think we're going to have six receivers with over 200 yards? Well, I don't think. receiving? Like,
1: well, okay, so it
2: seems pretty high to me.
1: Okay, so let's just do math here. Let's just say I I think Wandale is going to come up at 700 yards. Um, I, and I think we have five guys averaging 250. Um, I mean that's twenty two hundred yards passing, not counting tight end, running back, and a, maybe a couple other catches along the way. I mean, do I think Adrian... which, which was
2: Scott Frost's offense? You know your running backs are going to get some yeah,
1: yeah yardage, they're, right. but Cause they're, they're going to throw
2: to them about fifty times a game.
1: Well, they, that's what they've shown. But do I think eight? Do I think we can throw for over three thousand yards this year? I I do. I just don't think it's going to be dominated In by nine two guys. games. Yeah. All right, well, let's move
0: on to the tight ends here. Uh, No key losses there on the tight ends. Uh, Of course, we return Jack Stoll and Austin Allen. uh, Kurt Raftall, he's coming back. You know, whatever that means. Uh, Key newcomers, Travis Vokalek, man. We've been high on him on this program. Why? Because uh, we haven't been sold on our tight end production thus far. So uh, you got... Jack Stoll on Vokalek there, Derek, who starts between those two? Oh Jack stole all the way
2: i i I'm not one hundred percent sold on Voec yet like I, I i know I know you guys are, and I know a lot of Nebraska land is uh a, a lot of them are sold on him because he won the scout team m v p last year, but let's not forget a couple of years ago Mikhail Wilbaum won that, so that doesn't always mean anything.
0: Wilbon was a good running back, man. He just didn't know what the hell he was doing on the field.
2: (laughs) I I just, I don't know. I mean, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. I just want to see some proof from him. He, uh, you know, we took and everybody, everybody talks about this kid like we stole him from Alabama, like we stole him from Rutgers, guys. Like I I don't, I don't know that he's some five star tight end. Like I think the tight ends we have coming in are more exciting than what he's going to be.
0: Well. Yeah, I mean, there, there's certainly a lot of excitement with uh, the guys that we're bringing in. You know, Fidone. I mean, my God, he's the and biggest. I, and catch. I don't mean
2: I don't mean to be I don't mean to be mean about, about Volkolek, about because I I do hope that he I hope he proves me wrong and surpasses everything all the tight ends did last year because they didn't do much. But I mean, to me, to me, right now, Jack Stoll's been like the. Favorite guy at Nebraska for tight ends for quite a while now. I don't see him losing his starting job. I, there's just no way I could see him losing his starting job. I could see a, a lot of scenarios where you might put two tight ends on the field, though.
0: Tyler, has uh, Jack Stoll done enough to maintain his starting position at tight end?
1: I mean, he was third in the team in receiving last year. He, he I think what we've seen of him has been um, he, he's played okay. I, I think so. I, I'm with Derek. I think he's the starter. I, I have a hot take here, and then I'm going to have to explain it. I think of our offense, three of our top six best receiving weapons are at tight end. I think between Austin Allen, Vokalek, and Jack Stoll, the problem I have is I am not convinced the utilization of the tight end will be there. So I think this position group is stacked. I think it is... It is one of the best units we have on this team. I think it is loaded, but I, there's been no evidence in the Scott Frost tree in his time at Nebraska that we're going to start putting out two to three tight end sets often.
0: Derek, what do you think? Tight end is going to get more Uh, involved in the game.
2: First off. Yes. I think for a couple reasons, uh, I think one of the big reasons is the new the new offensive coordinator which we'll get to here in a little bit. Uh he they've he's already been mentioned several times at trying to get the tight ends in more. Uh and so, and, so, and I think he will have I think Scott Frost listens to him. I think Scott Frost listens to him better than he ever did uh Troy Walters. And so I I think he'll get his way in in putting the tight ends in more and getting them more uh involved in the game. Uh I also think with all the tight ends that we're we're uh, recruiting right now, I think they're wanting to prove that, like, hey, yeah, we're going to use our tight ends because they don't want Fedoni to decommit and go somewhere else, which yeah. he could do at any point. And if you start proving that you're still not going to use tight ends, there's, I mean, who's to say he doesn't do that? It,
1: that's a great point, Derek, and I and I hope you're right. And I think there's evidence that I think the challenge when you look at this offense this year is, you know, we've talked about. I, I think we're eight deep at wide receiver. I think we're three deep at tight end. We have Luke McCaffrey, who is an X-factor that we can get on the field in a lot of different ways. I mean, those are a lot of weapons to try to manage. And again, one critique of the Scott Frost regime has been he has not been the best at getting a lot of guys involved. And so you're not even asking for an improvement. You're asking for an overhaul in that area. If, you're start, if, if my opinion, getting those three guys on the field.
0: All right, let's move on to the offensive line because this, uh, this is a very big position group. No pun intended. Derek, take this one away.
2: <laughs> see what I did there? Good pun. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I see what you did there. Uh, okay, so offensive line. Like, this is the key to the offense right here, right? Uh, for I mean, it, the offense is only going to go as far as this offensive line takes them. And everybody's expecting a huge jump forward. And and here's why, guys. There's no key losses on this offensive line. There's none. Nobody left. Nobody's graduated. They're all coming back. And out of all the ones that started last year, Hymas, Farniak, Juergens, Bo Wilson, and Trent Hickson, again, they're all returning. And nobody's even expecting all five of those guys to start because we got guys that are better going to come up and start ahead of them. Uh the, the the I mean the biggest newcomer to me was Turner Corker and like that that guy, I and I, I hope he is the stud that everyone thinks he's going to be. Uh, but you still got like Ben Hart who's who's going to probably start looking uh, was basically named a starter by uh, uh, Greg Austin the other day, and uh, you still got Ethan Piper who moved over from defensive line. You got Matt Sichterman out there pushing for some spots you, I mean Trent Hickson's still pushing for a spot uh the big the biggest question mark's gonna be is the Bo Wilson spot who's gonna be next to Hymus between Hymus and Jurgens because i mean I and, I and i don't know because i i I'm not hundred percent sold that Bo Wilson's gonna be the guy he's gonna i I do think he'll probably be the weak link in this
1: offense.
0: All right. Tyler thoughts on offensive line there and the starters. That uh
1: Yeah, I think I mean I mean Greg Austin laid it out. That's kind of in line to what I've been thinking. Derek, you said it well. Bo Wilson's is the kind of the question mark. He had a great sophomore campaign and to me really struggled his junior year. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that we probably haven't spoken about as good as i think the starting unit is and it is i think as good a unit as we have the depth at this position i mean yeah it is it is very impressive um now offensive line isn't usually a position group where you see depth really impacting it unless injuries come into play um you know it's not like wide receiver where you're going to play you know backups consistently um but the fact that we have that depth and it's going to be pushing them gives me a lot of confidence. I, again, I think this offensive line is one of the main reasons I think this team has a shot to, you know, compete the way I do. And it doesn't mean I think they're going to win the national championship, but I think this is the best offensive line Nebraska has seen since the early 2000s. Okay, it, it is. Wow, I mean, it, it it is loaded. It is deep. I think Brendan Hymas is going to be drafted. We haven't seen a lot of guys get drafted. I think Farniak has a shot, too. And Cam Jurgens. I know we're about to talk about him, but if he can figure out his snaps, I, I think blocking, there is nothing this kid can't do. All right, so
0: Derek, has Cam Jurgens fixed his snap issues?
2: Well, I mean, it's a, by all accounts, it sounds like he has, but we haven't seen him in a game situation yet. And until I actually see it, I I don't know that I can believe it yet. Like, I hope so, but I, I need to see it physically because everyone says he fixed him towards the later part of the season. But you go back and watch that Wisconsin game, there were still some bad snaps. You watch the Iowa game, there were still some bad snaps. And I understand every center is going to have some bad snaps, but it was consistent with him. About five or six snaps every single game, he was going to have a bad. Yeah, snap.
0: missing the spring. Missing and, the spring was huge, and, you know.
2: And, and missing the spring and COVID's just killing it. So, how much practice did he actually have to fix it? Uh, is going to be a question. To you know, it's a big question mark. Uh, the guy, the guy was a tight end before he was a center. So, and, and I know everybody already knows that, but you know, I, I, that's a tough transition, and I and I don't know. I just you know the year before last he spent half the year recovering from an injury, so he didn't really get a lot of chance to practice at fixing the snap or to get the snaps down and he came into last year, and yeah, sure he got a lot of snaps in from games, but they didn't look good yeah and now and now you're missing spring practice, you didn't get a bowl game, so you didn't get practice there, and you missed fall practice and now and now all of a sudden you're getting three weeks of practice, right, yeah. So so I am not I'm not 100% sold that he has it fixed but I sure hope he does because his snaps absolutely weigh in, weigh so much on what Adrian Martinez or Luke McCaffrey for that matter do. Yeah, it's
0: disrespectful to think that, you know, he's a weak link on this offense, you know. But Oh, he's
2: one of the best blockers yeah, on that offensive line. Is. But He
0: he really is, but you know, his uh snapping was a liability to the offense last year and you know That's unfortunately that's one of the positions where you're touching the ball every play of the game, and you can't afford not to be perfect. You have to be perfect in that scenario,
2: especially in a in a a college game where all you're running is pistols and shotgun formations. Yeah, Yeah. like we don't get under center anymore.
0: Right. And so, he, so,
2: so yeah, your snaps have to be perfect almost every it's, it's time. It's a lot
0: of pressure on him, and I, I mean, I don't think we're going to see the struggles that we saw in the first five games last year, but I would not be sure. Sh- which were atrocious. Yeah, they were atrocious, but you know what? I, I'm not expecting, you know, uh, bad snaps at that high clip like what we saw. I mean, maybe there's going to be one or two that, you know, get away from him, but... As long as it doesn't result in disaster. I mean, I, I think that's acceptable. Uh, you know, he's, what, two years into learning a brand new position?
1: I I think it's fair. Tyler? The the leash has to be short. I mean, does I, it? I, you say one yeah, I, I think so. I, I just – you, you want to talk about Adrian Martinez struggles last year. You want to talk about the offensive struggles. I think a lot came from the snaps. I think he's a great blocker. I'm with you guys. I think he's got a fix. It's another year of snapping. It was new to him. I'll give him all the excuses in the world. But game one, if Adrian Martinez is jumping four or five times a game, you can't can't wait five games to figure that shit out. That's true. The leash on him is one or two games. If if Martinez is jumping, then give Hickson, give Will Farniak, I think both those guys are capable. I don't know if Hickson can snap the ball. I don't really know how hard snapping the ball is. But if Cam Jurgens hasn't figured that out, man, I, I, I hate it. I mean, and and, and and it doesn't mean he can't be a starter in the future. Move him to guard. Move him to guard. You know, he can sit behind those two seniors this year. Um, get get back in the starting lineup next year because I think we need him there. I think he's there. But that, that that is a leash that we to me has got to be very tight this year.
0: okay. agree Derek? Uh, yeah, yeah, really uh,
2: yeah I hate to break a guy's confidence by pulling him out, but if you're not doing the job, you're not doing the job so I, I
0: find it I find it hilarious that you give him a short leash in his second year of snapping the ball, but yet the a quarterback, Headed into his three year, he has no short leash. He gets the benefit of the doubt. I think that's great hypocrisy from you two. It's it's it's.
2: Well, it's amazing because because again a lot of a lot of Adrian Martinez's problems were the snaps that were coming to okay. him. It's it's hard to focus on where your wide receivers are going when you're scrambling for the ball.
0: You're, I mean, you're, you're saying that as if it happens every single play, but I mean, it it
2: didn't. It happened a lot, but
1: okay. It happened. It happened too much. It did. In and, the year. It, en- it
2: happened enough that Adrian Martinez did not trust him to snap the ball. I think
1: I, he was jumping at times when he didn't have. In to the jump. beginning
0: of and, the year, that happened. Like in the first couple of games, it did not happen as the season progressed.
1: I again, I, I we 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 have had this debate so much that Adrian Martinez, you act like he was Tanner Lee last year and he wasn't he wasn't that bad he was an adequate quarterback statistically he is one of the better quarterbacks in the big 10 there's so much evidence to support i know you don't like looking at numbers i know you don't care about what people actually do just your you what you want to create the narrative on but the, the evidence is there Adrian martinez is a good quarterback having snaps in the right place will help and, and again my my other piece on that is I also think we have really good at backups. It's the depth that we have. Not that Luke McCaffrey's not quality, but I I think that there's a lot of really good centers that were options for this coaching staff to do.
2: Well, and again, I'm a, I'm going to bring this up and it's something I've said plenty of times before too, is I think bringing these bigger outside receivers that we're actually getting in like an Omar Manning and a Xavier Betts and some of these other guys that are well over six foot, Marcus or, uh, Chris Hickman, uh, he, I, I think that helps the quarterback so much because J.D. Spielman, as great as he was, should have never been on the outside. He was a slot receiver. He was a slot receiver up until last year.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, we didn't have anybody so else to we, plug in there. That. that was the
2: problem. We didn't have anybody to be on the outside. Mike Williams, i seen him even complaining on Twitter that, the, that he was playing on the outside, and he didn't belong on the outside because they didn't have anyone else to do it. So I, I think getting these bigger receivers, I think, will help the receiver uh, quarterbacks quite a bit too. All
0: right, uh, last thing on offense here before we move on. Let's talk about the offensive coordinator position. Uh, there was an article written, i I going blank on who wrote it, but they were talking about, uh, you know, New offensive coordinator issues because, you know, as if the play is going to be, play calling is going to change. I don't know. I mean, do you? What do you guys think about our new offensive coordinator, Tyler? Well,
1: let's be very clear about this. This is still Scott Frost's offense, and the the people that write about how the new offensive coordinator is going to affect Nebraska. I, I don't think the impact is going to be huge. I think the impact is going to be at the wide receiver group, which we've talked about. So uh, I think it was a Fox article or Fox commentary on it that that was a concern. And that was a really naive and undereducated position yeah. because there is no, I mean, maybe some personnel groups, maybe some prepping that will be changed. But expect this to be the Scott Frost offense we've seen the last two years. Yeah,
0: just because Matt Lubick comes in as new OC doesn't mean that oh my God he's going to introduce a whole new offense. I mean, he's not even going to call play. So I mean, I don't. Derek, what are your thoughts here?
2: Well, I mean, my thoughts are apparently being a sports journalist anymore takes nothing but a hot take because you don't have to do research. You just have to have, You just have to have a hot take. Have something clickable. Hey, I want to read that because it says Nebraska on it. Uh, It's it's absurd. Obviously, somebody did did absolutely no research because Scott Frost is not going to give up the reins to call in the plays. Right. So the offense is not going to change. The only thing that's changing is how the organization of the practices is going, which apparently Matt Lubick is doing very well with. Uh, Like Tyler said, the the, 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 – uh, progress of these wide receivers is hopefully going to change and i mean other than that really what's what's he gonna do like he's not gonna call plays you said it yourself justin so i mean it's it's absurd to think that getting this new, new offensive coordinator in is gonna all suddenly change this offense because i i don't see that if
0: spot. you don't want to do any research but just have hot takes just start a podcast right guys <laughs> exactly hey all right before we uh move on from the offensive preview here uh let's let's talk about the best player who is the best player on offense this year tyler
1: wandel robinson easy Derek, hands down
2: i'm gonna go adrian martinez i I think adrian martinez takes a big step forward and i think uh, wandel's probably another really good one because adrian's gonna have to get him the ball but I thought, but I think Adrian's got so many more weapons this year. He's gonna look so much better. That's,
0: that's fair. Uh, I, I went with Ron, Wondell Robinson. He's just such a stud athlete. He's so damn athletic. I mean, you just have to you have to get him the ball, however it may be. You know, uh, we we discussed it. He's probably not gonna line up at running back much to get the handoffs or anything. But he's going to. We're gonna find ways to get him the ball, whether it's screens downfield or you know across the middle, whatever. You just have to get with the ball. Let that dude make plays in the open field because he's so spectacular. Uh, Next category, Derek, top incoming player is?
2: Uh, I got to stick with Omar Manning, I think. I I think he'll struggle at the beginning of the year, but I think he'll catch on by the end of the year. So I'm going to
0: stick with Omar Manning
1: on that
2: one.
0: Derek, I'm sorry, Tyler?
1: Omar Manning. I
0: got Omar Manning also. There's not there's not a lot of guys to choose from here. Actually,
2: I, I really honestly thought you'd have picked a Brown. Justin. I I uh, have him good.
0: written down also, but I just think uh,
2: I, I did too. I and I, I thought I thought about saying him first because because of how long he's been in the system, and I think he's going to have a pretty good idea of this offense yeah. more that more so way more so than Omar Manning, right. but. I, I just think with Omar Manning's size, it's just going to make a big
0: difference. Yeah, if he, I mean, if he's healthy this year, I mean, golly. The, the sky's the limit there at the receiving core, you know. Alani Brown, he's a great addition also. He was my number two. Uh, all right, most improved guy, you know, the guy that played last year, Derek.
2: Cam Jergens. Okay. I, I, I know we talked about him already, and I, there's concern about him, a lot of concern. But I do think Greg Austin has found a way to fix him, and I, I think he will get a lot better. I think the snaps will be a lot better, and I think this—I—I'm I, with Tyler. I think this is going to be a great offensive line, like, and I think it's going to make this offense look so much more efficient than it was last year, and it's all going to start with Cam Jergens.
1: Tyler. Great pick with Cam Juergens. Even though there is, I I said he has a short lease, I don't think he'll be needed because I think he'll fix the problems. But I'm going to go with Matt Farniak. I think him moving to guard is a good move for him. I mean, he's been a serviceable uh, tackle, but I think him at guard is going to be more dynamic. If you listen to anyone, he is a leader on this team. I don't think it's all vocal. I think his play will back it up, and guard is probably a little bit better fit for him.
0: Both are great picks, guys. Uh, I went with Cade Warner in this one. Uh, basically based off of what he didn't do last year. We saw flashes of brilliance in the spring game last year. Uh, We saw that he was a deep threat in that game. We didn't get to see it, see him showcase his talents very much last year. And I think he breaks away. I think he's going to have a damn good year this year. Uh, He's going to double his career yards here at Nebraska uh, in 2020. So, I'm giving it to Cade Warner. Before we move on to Games of the Week, guys, we just got a uh, tweet in from uh, Tessa. And uh, she wants to know, she says, could you guys discuss who you would like to see replace Braxton Clark? As you know, Braxton Clark was injured here, so he is out. Uh, So she wants to know, uh, yeah, who, who do you see replacing Braxton Clark?
1: I'm going to go Nabeeb Joseph. I mean, he, he was a late addition, uh, number three juco in the country. I think he comes in. Um, I think he may have overtaken Braxton Clark throughout the season anyway. I think he's a high athlete. I, I I really liked what he can do at that third corner spot.
0: Derek, do you have a thought on this? I know we're going to get our defensive uh, preview next week, but...
1: I,
2: I'll agree with Todd. I think it's Nadab Joseph. I, I don't know that I'll agree with him that he would have overtaken Braxton Clark. But I think I think he would have been a fine backup for either one of the cornerback spots. And I think Braxton Clark and him as two the two backups would have been great. Now, I, th- I just think you're going to have him backing up probably both spots.
0: That's uh, not a bad pick. Uh, Quentin Newsome ca- came to mind. Right there is
2: that's a good one, you know, too. Uh,
0: so I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll dig deeper. Hopefully, we've learned more. Uh, next week when the defensive coaches come back, they spoke uh, yesterday. Offensive coaches will speak tomorrow.
1: Uh, lots of talent in that secondary. Oh, lots yeah. of talent there. I mean,
0: we feel really good about what we have in the secondary. So,
1: a, a guy like Noah who even though he's played safety, yep. I, I think he's capable of playing corner. Um, Newsom is a really good pick there, Justin. Yeah, I think that is a. Um, I, I feel very confident with that position group.
0: All right, let's move to the games of the week now. Uh, man, we, we struggled last week. Uh, lots of upsets last week. I went two and four. Tyler, Derek, you guys went three and three. So I am nine and eight on the year straight up. Tyler, you're eleven and six. Derek, you're eleven and seven here. So. Uh, Let's get into it. A lot of top 25 matchups here. First one is number four, Florida. Six and a half point favorites at number 21, Texas A&M. Tyler.
1: I got Florida in this game. I mean, Kyle Trask of Florida is playing phenomenal football. 684 yards in two games, 10 touchdowns, one interception, 70% completion percentage. A&M just got steamrolled against Bama. Barely beat Vanderbilt, probably the worst team in the SEC. I like Florida this game. Derek?
2: AM is the most overranked team in the country right now. Like, they have looked like garbage. Uh, their defense is giving up 32 points a game. Florida is scoring 44 and a half points a game. Uh, AM's not scoring offensively. Like, they just don't look good, like a good team right now.
0: The
1: other Texas uh, Jimbo school, Fisher,
2: Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher does not look like he has Texas A&M going in the right direction.
1: The other Texas school might have a little to say about most overrated team in the country. That's true. We'll, we'll be getting that, to them in
2: a second. That could be true too, but but Derek, you're right. Uh, I I have Florida easily in this game.
0: I do too. I do too. I mean, Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher. I mean, this is they are so poor offensively this year. It just. It's gotta concern AM fans. Aggie fans must be out of that. Oh, absolutely.
2: I mean Like you like you got rid of Kevin Sumlin to bring this guy in. And there's
1: no improvement.
2: And there there there's there's a lot of digression. There's no no improvement at all. Yeah.
1: Well and and Fisher's time at Florida State, I mean, you take out the Jameis Winston era, I mean, it wasn't like he lit the world on fire.
0: I mean, he he needs to buy Jameis Winston a steak every month because that dude made him a very rich man.
1: First of all, I think Jameis Winston likes crab legs.
0: Say again? (laughs) Crab legs? Yeah.
2: Jameis Winston likes
1: crab
0: legs. That's true. Buy him a crab leg dinner every month for the rest of his life. All right. Uh, I have Florida also. Uh, The second game is another top 25 matchup here. Number 19, Virginia Tech. At number eight, North Carolina. North Carolina is four-and-a-half-point favorites. Tyler.
1: Um, tough game. Probably the toughest of the weekend for me to pick. North Carolina was a two-point conversion away from going to overtime with Boston College last weekend. Um, they failed it, and it was a pick uh, pick two. But I'm still going to go North Carolina. I think that, that Mac Brown's got that roster good. They haven't performed. Votex going to give them all they can handle, but I think North Carolina pulls it out. Derek, all right. Uh,
2: I, I think you're, I think everybody's giving Mac Brown a little too much credit with North Carolina. Uh, I, I think he'll get there, I, but I just don't know if Year Two has got the roster where he needs it. Uh, I don't, but I'm not hold one hundred percent sold on Votex yet. But here, here's the key thing right here. Votech's averaging 319 yards per game rushing. North Carolina is only giving up 54 yards rushing. Something's got to give in this game, guys. Uh, and so, and so naturally, I have to go with defense over offense when it comes to winning games. And I'll give North Carolina the slight edge. But uh, this game was the toughest one to pick. I could have went either way with this one.
0: All right. So you did take Virginia Tech, right? I, I, no, I, t- I took North Carolina. Golly, that shocks me. But, I would have bet a nickel that you're going to take Virginia Tech in this one.
2: Me too. I, I, me too. I really wanted to. Your, your
0: hatred for North Carolina, Mac Brown, has been uh, at absurd levels. So that surprised me. I went North Carolina also. Tyler, I agree. This was the toughest game to pick across the board here. I mean, I could make, an, I could make a case for Virginia Tech in this game. Uh, ultimately, I went with North Carolina only because they're at home. And that is that. That is it. If this game was at Virginia Tech, I'd be all over Virginia Tech. So, uh, give me North Carolina. Uh, here we go. The two duds. This is the rebound bowl here. Number twenty-two, Texas. How they're still ranked is appalling. Uh, they're uh, playing Oklahoma. Oklahoma's two and a half point favorites. So, Tyler, what do you think about the Red River puss out?
1: <laughs> I mean. Oklahoma's 0 2 in the Big 12. Texas should be 0 2 in the Big 12. Um, You know, I'm going to go Oklahoma here. I mean, and and the Tom Herman experiment in Texas might be coming to an end. I mean, you know, I I didn't think many coaches would get fired, but he has not lived up to expectations. He is, in my opinion, the best quarterback in the Big 12, and they're not good. Uh, They're just not a good team. And I think Oklahoma. Man, they've struggled. I mean, it's hard to go with them. This was probably the second toughest game, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Oklahoma.
2: Derek? Well, you want to talk about Tom Herman. I think Lincoln Riley's being exposed. Like, seriously, he's playing with a quarterback that he actually had to recruit. And he's he, he doesn't look good doing it. Like, he's this a freshman, guy looks like man. Trash. He's
0: a freshman.
2: Yeah, but he looks bad doing it. I don't care if he's a freshman or not. He looks bad. He's throwing more interceptions than touchdowns, and that's not what quarterback gurus produce. Uh, I, I'm not sold on Oklahoma. I think they're really bad. Bookie Radley Hiles is getting just totally torched in every single game. Uh, I, I'm a, I'm going to take Texas with the with the quarterback experienced quarterback over this freshman that seems to make a lot of mistakes.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm going with Oklahoma, but I got I got to uh, remind you guys. When uh, Tom Herman was coming out of Ohio State, he was the highly is the most highly sought after coordinator in America. Everybody thought that he was going to be the next best head coach. Man, There's a lot of people hammering on this guy, and in Texas, in a place where he gets the best recruits out of Texas. He's underperformed so much. I have a lot of being in Waco. I have a lot of Texas, uh, Texas friends, and man, they're they're disappointed in this guy. It's like they they have hope, but not not so much anymore. Man, it's like uh, it, it's it's a real struggle. It's entertaining if you don't like Texas. Uh, I don't like either team at this point, but I'm going with Oklahoma here just because surely Lincoln Riley doesn't lose three in a row, right? Yeah. So give me Oklahoma. Uh, well, I'll tell you this.
2: If Oklahoma wins, you guys just will get ready for it, being back in the top 25.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. Texas will drop to 25. Oklahoma will be at 24. You know <laughs> how it works. All right. Uh, number 14, Tennessee. At number three, Georgia. Georgia is 12.5-point favorites,
1: Tyler. Georgia has not given up a touchdown since the first quarter of their first game of the season. That defense is real. It's it's arguably the best defense in the country. Um, I got them winning. I do think Tennessee covers that spread, though.
0: Okay. Derek?
1: I, I,
2: I disagree with you, Tyler. I don't think Tennessee covers that spread at all. I think Georgia hammers Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee's... I think they're another overranked team by far. Uh, Georgia—they they struggled against Arkansas for three quarters, and since that three quarters, they've looked just dominant. And I, I'm, I'm Georgia all the way on this one.
0: Yeah, I'm Georgia.
2: I think they, I think they win by three touchdowns or
0: better. Yeah, I'm Georgia also. I think the the over under on this game is like 41 or 41 and a half. I think Georgia might score that on. You think own. so? Ooh, I I. Yeah, I I'm, I'm taking Georgia. I'm going to avoid the over/under. And and you know, truthfully, I'm I would avoid just the line on the game cuz I'm not sure. Tennessee, they're surprising the well, shit out of me this that, year. So,
2: that 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 is the thing. I, George, I I'm with Tyler. Like their defense is real. Yeah. Like they've given up one touchdown all year yeah. so far. So,
0: uh yeah, give me Georgia here. All right. Game of the week here. We're only doing 5 this week. We've done six the previous two weeks, but this is uh, this is it here for us because not a lot of great matchups out of these five. Number seven, Miami at number one, Clemson. Clemson is 14-point favorites. Tyler.
1: You know, there, there's always these points in college football, and Nebraska's been there too, with these historical powers come back, and, and everyone is saying the U is back. Well, you know what? They're not there. They're not in Clemson's weight class. This is a heavyweight going against a lightweight. Clemson wins big. Really? Okay, big.
0: Derek, do you agree? Uh, No. I I agree
2: that Clemson wins. I don't think they win big, though. Uh, Derek King has looked phenomenal so far this year. He's got six touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, And I get it. Clemson still has... uh, Sunshine over there, <laughs> Sunshine. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know. But and he, and he's a damn good quarterback too. I don't believe I don't believe he's thrown an interception yet this year either. Uh, but Clemson's defense hasn't been as stout as what they have been in the past. I mean, they gave up twenty three points to Virginia, so I think Miami's going to score some points on on Clemson, but. I'm with Tyler. They're just not deep enough to to keep up with Clemson and the and at the by the end of the game.
0: Yeah, I mean I have Clemson in a close one also. Miami, they've been probably the biggest surprise in college football of all year. Uh what Mandy Diaz has put together there, Derek King as the quarterback, you know everybody knew that he was going to be a stud coming out of Houston and he hasn't let anybody down. Uh, the play calling there you know their ability to run the ball has been truly remarkable I mean they they can get after it uh this is easily the best team that Clemson has faced uh for some reason you know I, I don't know if it's I haven't watched a lot of Clemson football yet this year because it's's it's been so they've been so dominant uh, but I don't know if they've been as dominant. As what they have in years past, Uh, so this game I'm I'm, I'm giving it I'm giving it to Clemson, but it's in a close one. So, with all that being said, I'm going to carry this over to the best bet segment here, where I missed out on Oklahoma. They
1: what's the standings?
0: Well, I'm going to get to the standings here. Uh, I lost out on Oklahoma. I'm one and two on the year. Tyler, he's all grinning because he's never been in the plus margin on best bet. So he hit the Clemson over last week at two and one. Derek hit the Texas over on a, I'm not going to say a fluke, but it was kind of a fluke because that was the most interesting uh, hit on an over where Texas and TCU last week, uh, Texas was going in for the possible win. Fumbles the ball. At the end of the game, TCU, they recover on the one-yard line with just a couple minutes left. And they get to a fourth and eight scenario from the 15-yard line with six seconds left. TCU calls two timeouts left. The only reason the over was hit because TCU on the punt, they took the safety instead of punting, which was great because... I bet the over too. Derek bet the over. <laughs> so so hitting an over in that scenario was just, it, it was great. I loved it. So I'm 1-2 and two on the season. Tyler, you're 2-1. and one. Derek is 2-0-1. Oh uh, I'm taking this over right here. I'm going to go first because I'm going to piggyback off of that last game. Miami and Clemson. Uh, Clemson, they're 0-3 against the spread this year. I know that they're going on the road to Clemson. But I just think this is a different Miami team. I think this is a different Clemson team. And I think that Miami can play with these guys all four quarters to stay within 14 points. Tyler.
1: Well, Justin, you're about to go one and three. Um, So there you go there. I I, I have been doing these over-unders this year. Two of my three picks so far have been over-unders. I'm going to stick with that. Um, I'm going to go the over on the Mississippi-Kentucky game at 58 points. You know, obviously a lot was made when uh, Mississippi State won week one, um, and, and they scored a lot of points against LSU and gave Bo Pelini his most passing yards ever in SEC game. But Kentucky, I mean, last week they scored 41 points against Ole Miss. Um Kentucky, outside of Vanderbilt, probably has the worst defense in the SEC. I think there's Mike Leach's offense is going to score a lot of points. Kentucky can put it up too. Um, yeah, I, I like the over pretty handily in this game. All
0: right, Derek. All
2: right, I, I'm going to stick with my over too because it worked last week so well. Uh, I, I have the Florida and Texas A&M game. I like guess at 57. Florida's scoring 44 and a half points a game. A&M's defense is giving up 32 points a game. Uh, but even, even Florida has given up 29 and a half points a game. There's not a lot of defense in this game, it looks like. So 57 seems like it should be easy to cover.
0: What is it, 57 or 67? 57. 57, okay. Okay. Good picks, guys, good picks. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that turns out now. Guys, we went long tonight. We've been doing that lately, as a matter of fact. But uh, it is time for Last Call. No topics are off limits. Last call to you, Tanner.
1: My last call goes to a comment Scott Frost made on Sports Night today. Uh, today, um, He talked about, uh, you know, at this point, that the staff's intention is to allow any senior that wants to come back to take advantage of the NCAA rule that automatic extra year of eligibility. And I appreciate Scott Frost doing that. I think that's the right thing to do. But I will tell you, as this season unfolds, I hate that rule. I mean, that rule was put in place when people thought there wasn't going to be a football season. There's a football season here, guys. Like, we, NCAA needs to retract that rule. It screws with scholarships. It screws with some of these younger kids. I'm really starting to hate this rule. I don't know. What say you? Eric? Well,
2: when you got a bunch, when you got the seniors that are going to be playing for you, you kind of got to say something in their favor, I guess. We'll see if Scott Frost actually believes what he's saying in that scenario by at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really don't know what to think on this whole scenario. Really, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Really, uh, I'm not. I don't feel strong either which way, but it's it's tough. Uh, Last call to you, Derek.
2: All right. So uh, Wisconsin's quarterback, Jack Cohn, uh, has apparently broken a bone in his foot, and he's out indefinitely, uh, which means he damn sure ain't coming back for the Nebraska game, which I, not that he was a big factor most of the time anyway, because I don't think he's a great quarterback, but but he has led this team for, I believe, the last, what, two years? and And to lose a leader... And now all of a sudden, Wisconsin's offense has lost three of their offensive linemen, their absolute number one best player, uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Now they've lost their quarterback and their top wide receiver. Uh, I'm wondering what their offense is actually going to look like coming into this year because that's a lot to replace. Well,
0: remember last year, I mean, it was like uh, Mertz, you know, they thought that Mertz was going to unseat Cohn anyway, and he didn't. And Cohn, he went on to be nothing but efficient in that offense. Uh, shoot, I don't have the stats here, but, you know, he passed for like 70% last year. Uh, I mean, he had a very good year. It, you know, great ratio, touchdown to uh, interception ratio. Uh, he did everything that was asked of him in that offense. He was beyond serviceable. He he was a good quarterback in that offense. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect from Mertz. I mean, if if uh, that dude he can get out there and if he can even mimic what Cone could do, and if you weren't impressed by Cone, if Mertz can do that, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they're going to be perfectly fine there at the quarterback situation.
1: Right. Well, I, I don't know if Mertz is going to be a starter. And I think to this, I, I right now, sitting here on October 7th, I got Wisconsin penciled in for the best team in the West. I say penciled in because, shit, that, that, that needs to be a racer handy. Because Wisconsin, there's cracks in that foundation right now. Their offensive line I think will be fine. They always seem to find another running back. But, I mean, you lose a quarterback, I mean it's it's interesting what can unfold there.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. It is. But, you know, he wasn't a top four, top five. Maybe he was a top five quarterback in the Big Ten, right? You don't even think he was a top five?
1: No. he Maybe top seven. Really? Okay. You got to remember. I,
2: I know he had a high completion percentage, right? But I don't think he ever threw past five yards. Yeah, I mean – very seldom. I
0: mean, hell, he he had like most
2: of it was most of it was he had like passes.
0: four or five games over three hundred yards last year, guys. I mean, he he wasn't a he wasn't a total screw up. I mean, he had like eight games over two hundred yards.
1: I, I I know in your ranking you have Jack Cohen ahead of Adrian Martinez, and that's where we rank.
2: But but, but again, when you're rank. dumping it off to to Jonathan Taylor, okay. and he runs it. and, and
0: that's yards. fine. That's fine.
2: I mean, that, that makes it look great for him.
0: He did what he was asked he, to do in that offense, and he did it very well. He, he did.
2: He did. I don't know if he did it very well. He did what he was He did what he was asked to do, though.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Last call goes to me, and I am going to throw a shout-out to the MAC. They are returning for a six-game season. Uh, the first three games, all their games are going to be on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, which I absolutely love. So we get some college football betting action on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Uh, I think they're going to return on November 3rd. Uh, after that, their games will be on Saturdays, which is fine. But uh, at least we get some action during the week. So that that excites me. Tyler?
1: Yeah, um, I'm happy the Mac's back. Um, more football.
2: Derek? Yeah, it gives me something to gamble on for throughout the week, I that's guess.
1: It.
0: That's it. That's it. That's the only thing that we look forward to the Mac, too, so... All right. Hey, let's get out of here. Fun episode, guys. Special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Uh, be sure to follow the Husker cast on Twitter at Husker cast Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. Be safe out there. And as always, go Big Red.